0: Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast called Paranormal Exposed. This is the evidence-based podcast that looks into various paranormal occurrences that happen here across the United States. I'm your host, Michelle, and I am a skeptic by nature, but I do really want to be a believer. I am both intrigued by the paranormal and really open to the possibilities of what might be out there. Join me every Wednesday as I dive into a different paranormal topic and present to you what is real, what is not real, and what may just be in between. I will present both the historical facts as well as the paranormal reports, and we will see where the two meet. Join me in exposing the paranormal. This week's episode takes us out to the Children's Museum at Yunker Farm located in Fargo, North Dakota. In 1876, Newton Whitman built his home in Fargo, North Dakota. He built this beautiful farmhouse for his wife and their nine children, which sounds like a pretty high number, but was really not uncommon for these times many families, especially families who farmed, had many children. This was basically for two reasons, partly because back in the 1800s, there really wasn't anything such as birth control. So people had lots of children. Also, families who farmed, they needed a lot of children as they needed a lot of hands to help around the farm and in the house. The home was two and three quarter stories tall and was actually the first brick home built in the Dakota territory. And why I say territory versus state is at the time that this home was built, North Dakota actually wasn't a state. It didn't become a state until 1889, 13 years after the home was built. The home was pretty large for that time period And the first floor featured a living room, a kitchen, a dining room, and one of the bedrooms. The second floor had four large bedrooms, and then there was a three-quarter story attic. And the family used this to do things such as repairing harnesses and things like that for their horses. It was really important in North Dakota to have this extra space in the house for the family to work as North Dakota gets bitterly cold through a good portion of the year, so having a heated space in the home where they could go and work and do the repairs they needed was very, very nice to have. After Mr. Whitman had completed the farmhouse, he had a ton of leftover materials, especially leftover bricks. So what he did is he had a school built on the property at the farm, which I'm sure his wife appreciated a lot. The Whitman family raised cattle as well as they grew wheat on the land surrounding the home. Though after almost 30 years, in the year 1905, the Whitman family finally decided it was time to sell their home and their farm they ended up selling the home and the land to a couple named John and Serafina Yunker. The Yunkers loved the home and the farm, and there was the added bonus of having the school right on their property. It made it really easy for Mrs. Yunker to get all ten of their children to the school, so I guess she was one-upping the nine kids of the Whitman family. The schoolhouse is actually still standing on the property even today and is actually the oldest rural school that remains standing in the state of North Dakota to this day. At some point during their ownership of the house, the Yunker family decided they needed to add on to it, which you can't blame them when there are actually 12 people living in this four bedroom house. They ended up adding a two-story addition as well as a sun deck to the house, but they wanted to keep the look pretty similar so that it would blend into the rest of the house. So if you're looking at it, you really can't tell what was original and what was added on to over time. In 1929, Mr. John Yunker ended up passing away, leaving his wife Serafina to take over running the farm, with actually at that point a large focus of the farm was being used to raise turkeys. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) Eventually, Serafina and John's son Lawrence ended up taking over running the farm. I found this rather interesting that he would actually be the one to take over the farm, as he was not actually the oldest son. And it was commonplace in these days to whoever the oldest son in the family, they would kind of take over running a farm or a business, getting the inheritances, things like that. John actually had four children to his first wife who had passed away making him a widow. And three of those children were boys and were older than Lawrence. Though Lawrence was the oldest son born by Serafina and John, Just an interesting thought, I don't know if it had anything to do with him being the biological son of Serafino, or maybe it's just the other three boys were older, had already left, and Lawrence decided that he would take over. Lawrence ended up running the farm for quite some time, but when he was ready to retire, he did not choose to keep the farm in the family. In 1968, he sold the farm and the land, which eventually fell into the hands of the Fargo Park District. In 1985, the idea for turning the farm and the schoolhouse into the Children's Museum at Yunker Farm kind of began. It really started as a small project from the Junior League of Fargo, North Dakota, with some help from the Park District but it grew exponentially, well beyond anyone's imagination at that time. Tons of businesses in the area really rallied support and provided a great deal of donations to the project. And volunteers were basically crawling out of the woodwork, offering their services to help renovate the farm for free. So with the help of the community, the businesses, and everyone coming out and donating their time, they were able to complete the renovation of both the outside and the inside of the property in just four years. During the renovations, the home was opened up to allow for the museum to properly display items. And how they did this is they tore down a number of walls in the home, so it doesn't look anything like it did in the old days when it was first built. In addition to tearing the walls down, some add-ons were also necessary to make it functional in operating as an actual business and museum. An addition was added onto the home in order to have a registration lobby for greeting customers, and they also added an entirely new entrance to the property as well. During renovations, they also added an elevator tower to make it more handicap accessible, As it was many flights of stairs to get up there when they did this addition they wanted to make it look kind of age appropriate so they modeled it to resemble what would have been known as kind of a windmill look while a lot of renovations were done they did keep its historical architecture pretty well intact what they did is they used the original clapboard siding that was on the house and used extra clapboards from other buildings on the farm to renovate the add-ons to the house. It all looks pretty seamless, and the red clapboard siding with the white trim is really eye-catching and makes it a really beautiful property. So, make sure you check out my Facebook and Instagram social media for some pictures of the museum So you'll be able to see what I mean when they kind of made it resemble a windmill when they did the addition for the elevator. The museum actually opened its doors to the public in the year 1989. And that is when it officially opened as the Children's Museum at Yonker Farm. The museum would offer all sorts of learning activities and recreational activities for basically kids of all ages. And as time progressed, they added a lot of things for people to enjoy, including an arboretum. Some of the exhibits and the activities included a puppet theater, there was a planetarium, a history and geography area, kids could even go on a train ride, enjoy the nature trails, there was a carousel, and even a miniature golf course. So not just education, but also enjoyment for any kid who's looking to have a good time. Due to all of the things that could attract people and learning experiences, this museum attracted quite a high number of guests and provided countless hours of entertainment and learning for kids of various ages. Though sadly, you can actually no longer visit the museum thanks to good old COVID-19. Per the director of the Children's Museum, she stated the museum had barely been making ends meet for quite a number of years. And once COVID hit, they had no income coming in as they had to close down because of the pandemic. This, paired with the expensive repairs needed on the building, caused the museum to close its doors in 2019 after 30 years of operation. The museum stated that during their 30 years of operation, they had had over 1 million people come through their doors and that they were pretty sad to have to close this wonderful place. While you can no longer enter the buildings, you can still tour the outside of the property. There are a few gardens and a playground that are still open for your enjoyment, so if you want to check it out, you are not trespassing as long as you don't go into the buildings and as long as you're not trying to creep around in the middle of the night. Now before I move on to the tales of the hauntings at the Children's Museum at Yunker Farm, I do want to make a quick shout-out recommendation that you listen to a great true crime podcast called Murder Road Trip. I love a good true crime podcast, and this one is definitely entertaining to listen to, so please enjoy their trailer. Hey, I'm Shan. And I'm Troy. And we are going on a little murder road trip. Where every Sunday we take you to a new state alphabetically to tell you the story of murder spooks and everything in between yes join us every sunday for bad jokes murder and ghosts it doesn't get much better than that so grab your snackies get on in and we're gonna go on a murder road trip i hope you enjoyed the sneak peek into this great podcast so make sure you give them a listen and review them as it really helps them out a lot and while you're reviewing them, make sure you also don't forget to leave a review for this podcast if you haven't already. It lets us know what you like, what you don't like. It helps us know that what we are doing is appreciated and it also helps move our podcasts forward. Now, without further ado, it is time to get into the spooky stuff. In the home at the Yonker farm, Doors and windows open and close entirely on their own. This entity doesn't seem angry or mean-spirited. They're not slamming the doors forcefully, but just kind of creaking open and closed. But at the end of the day, it's still a little bit creepy. Lights throughout the home will turn on and off by themselves in many rooms of the house. And as always when an elevator is involved it also seems to be a favorite pastime of a spirit in the home the elevator buttons will be pushed in without anyone seeing who may have done it and the elevator will actually rise up and down seemingly on its own as if a ghostly presence is taking an elevator joyride There are also times where the elevator will not work, though this one doesn't seem so paranormal to me. I mean, I've been in much newer elevators that stop working all the time. Staff members report feeling a presence in the room with them when no one is around, but again they report it doesn't feel like a mean or menacing presence at all. They state the presence feels almost friendly, as if it just wants to keep that person company so maybe they won't feel lonely while they're working on their own late at night after everyone has gone home. They also state at times they feel they're being watched, but not in a creepy way. I'm not sure how a ghost can watch you in a non-creepy way, but I'm just repeating what people have said. They state it seems as though the spirit is just kind of curious as to what they're doing, and they've even nicknamed the spirit named Vanessa. Noises are heard in the buildings such as footsteps, there will be tapping on the walls, and really just basic things of that nature, but none of the sounds can ever be explained by normal means, meaning the paranormal must somehow be involved. This entity is felt and actually seen throughout the house, but tends to spend most of its time on the second floor. And the second floor is actually where the activities for most of the younger children are held. So it is thought that the spirit connects most with younger children. When seen, the spirit appears to be a woman. And even though the staff refers to the spirit as Vanessa, it is thought to be the spirit of Serafina Yunker herself. Serafina had 10 children and was known for being a very doting and loving mother. It's reported that she was happiest when around her children and then eventually her grandchildren. It may be that her love of children has transcended even into the afterlife. It could be possible that Serafina is quite happy that her house has become a place for children to learn and enjoy and is still filled with the laughter from these various youngsters coming in and out and enjoying all the activities that's offered there. Serafina now enjoys her stay in the home and her spirit seems to have no intention of leaving. Though I wonder how she's faring with the museum being closed for now three years. Is she still there waiting, hoping that one day the children will return? It seems to me that she got put on COVID lockdown along with the rest of us. So the question is, does Serafina actually haunt the museum at Yonker Farm? On January 17th of 1953, after living in the home for 47 years, Serafina passed away in the farmhouse. I don't know the cause of death, as strangely her death certificate has been redacted, though I could see that she was 72 years old at the time of her death so it may have been from natural causes. And after 47 years of living in one home and raising your family there, it's no surprise that Serafina's spirit may want to remain attached to the house. I mean, she spent most of her life there, raised her children there, cooked meals there, and really enjoyed her retirement there. Now she sees Joy brought back with the children at the museum, keeping her spirit happy and engaged in the building, as maybe she's learning along with the children. You may wonder why none of the other Yonkers are said to be haunting here. Well, nine of the ten children actually left the home and lived their lives in states from Illinois to Arizona. Only a few of the younger children actually even stayed in North Dakota at all. They lived their lives and probably would be more attached to their new lives than their old lives in North Dakota. One son did stay on the farm for a long time, and that was Lawrence Yunker, the one who inherited the farm from his mother. He lived here from the time he was four years old till 1968. That is 63 years. After he left the farm, he continued to live in North Dakota till his death seven years later in 1975. I could definitely imagine Lawrence's spirit being tied to the farm in his afterlife, even though he didn't pass in the home. What makes me think of that is not only did he live most of his life here, But if his mother's spirit remained here, he probably would have noticed that during the time he lived here. If her spirit was there, he would have felt her, seen her, heard her. Maybe, after he had passed, he wanted to join her and is still hanging out with her to this day. He could account for some of the ghostly activity in the home, such as the elevator and even some of the sounds. Serafina's husband John is also a potential spirit that may be staying in the home even after death. He doesn't appear to have died in the home, and I couldn't determine the cause of his death because, like Serafina's, his death certificate has also been redacted where the cause of death was listed. Though on the death certificate, it does state that he contracted his illness on a highway in the area which makes me believe there might have been a motor vehicle accident or something like that that took his life. Maybe after he had passed away, he wanted to continue to watch his wife and his kids grow up, and that's why he returned to the farm. And then maybe Serafina and Lawrence have joined him in their afterlives as well. The Yonkers are not the only spirits hanging out at the Yonker Farm there's also the spirit of a young girl. This young girl was on the property playing near the well when she tripped and stumbled into one of the wells on the property. When she fell to the bottom, she was hurt, but she couldn't climb out was the issue. There was no one else around, so no one heard her calling for help for hours. She luckily knew how to swim, but Sadly, she could only tread water for so long. After a time, her small body gave up. She sank beneath the surface of the water and never came back up. Her spirit is now seen as a full-blown apparition, even in broad daylight. One ghost hunter stated that he saw the apparition of this young girl dressed in white, standing right next to the well this ghost hunter then began having a great deal of pain in his chest he stated it felt like he couldn't breathe like he was drowning he attributes this to the spirit trying to tell him this is how she died drowning in the well Other visitors have reported similar incidents of feeling short of breath while standing near the well. So is the spirit of this little girl projecting on them, or is their imagination running wild due to their familiarity with the story of the girl who died in the well? Some reports state the little girl seen here at the well is one of the younger children though all of the younger children lived well into adulthood, and as I said earlier, most of them actually left the state of North Dakota entirely. Maybe, though, it's one of the Whitman's children. They were the original family that lived here, and there was nine children in that family. But that's a no again. All of the Whitman's children also lived into adulthood. I couldn't find all of their death dates and places, but I was able to find proof of residence and marriage into adulthood for each of the nine children, so we can take that one off the table. Mr. Whitman, he actually moved to California at the end of his life and passed away there, though his wife, Mrs. Mary Whitman, died in the year 1888. 12 years after they moved into the home that would eventually become the Yunker Farm. Some may feel her presence may be haunting the home as well, but she's kind of a tough case to solve. Her family was living in the farmhouse at the time of her passing, but she actually passed away in the state of Minnesota, over 200 miles away from Fargo, North Dakota though she was brought to Fargo and buried there. I wasn't able to determine a cause of death, why she was in Minnesota, but regardless, she ended up in Fargo, and after her death, her family remained in the home for another almost 17 years. Her spirit may have wanted to stay on in the home to see her children grow up and make sure her husband was okay. Okay maybe this means that serafina has a friend in the afterlife and isn't so alone during her COVID lockdown it is hard to show proof on these accounts as no paranormal investigation teams have ever been let into the buildings the staff are apparently very adamant that there are spirits haunting the premises but they did not want this to be common knowledge and the focus of the museum, as this was a children's museum after all. Reports of ghosts might spook the children and make them not want to visit. Plus, they were looking to educate and focus on enriching kids' lives. They weren't looking to capitalize on the spirits that make their home in this old farmhouse and in the old schoolhouse. The only paranormal investigations have actually been outside and were not actually authorized by the museum. The only reports from these investigations have been verbal statements. There have been no EVP sessions, no videos, or photographic evidence to provide any backup to any of these claims. So where does this leave us? It seems as though the girl at the well is likely a legend that has been passed on as the time goes by. This is actually a very popular legend that pops up in many stories. Though I could find nothing showing a girl who actually died in the well there. But it's not to say it couldn't have happened. I mean, this has been over 150 years and, you know, they might not know that the girl actually died here. Maybe it was a girl that just went missing and her body was never found. As far as Serafina Yunker, John Yunker, Lawrence Yunker, and Mary Whitman, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they continue to stay on here in the afterlife and are responsible for the shenanigans happening here at the farm. Maybe they're the ones responsible for the phantom elevator the apparitions, and the sounds that are heard in the buildings. So while I don't have any photos of ghosts to share, I do have some great pictures of the farm that you should check out. So make sure you check out Paranormal Exposed social media to see these photos. And as far as the hauntings and if they're real, well, you have the facts, so it's time for you to decide. Is it haunted or is it not? I'd love to hear your thoughts on if you think it is or isn't. Would you be willing to walk the grounds or even go into the farmhouse? Would you take an elevator ride with a friendly ghost, not a malevolent one? I know I would love to, or would I? I mean, I'm not really sure what I would do if I came face to face with a ghost. And I'll be honest, I'd probably freak out and really just get the heck out of Dodge. But... That's just me. What about you? Make sure you tune in next Wednesday for a new exciting and spooky episode. If you aren't already, make sure you follow this podcast wherever you tune in so you are ready when a new episode drops weekly every Wednesday. Also, follow this podcast social media for more information, including pictures on each episode, links, and much, much more. You can follow on Facebook, at Paranormal Exposed on Instagram at The Paranormal Truth, or you can always shoot an email over to Paranormal Exposed Podcasts at Gmail.com. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in and supporting this podcast, and I will catch you all next Wednesday.